This is a Scottish traveller's tale from Duncan Williamson. It's called The Hedgehorst. Now there was once a wood chopper who lived with his wife in a little cottage by the side of a huge forest. And every day he would go into the forest and he would cut down trees and he would sell the timber. But they had a problem. You see, they didn't have any children. And his wife was absolutely desperate for a baby. And she was lonely being stuck there in the house by herself all day long. And she would go down to the village to buy groceries. And she would walk around there and she would look at all the little children playing in the streets. And oh, how her heart was heavy. She wanted a baby more than anything else in the world. Now, the one day, the woodcutter came home, and he knew that his wife was going to be sad because she had been into the village. And sure enough, she was sitting there, weeping away. Ah, so, how has your day been? I went to the village, she said. I know, I can tell. He said, well, you know, there were so many children playing there, oh, beautiful little bairns running around and laughing, and, oh, it was such a delight to see them, and, oh, oh, I wish we could have a baby. Well, my dear, he said, you know, we have tried and tried, but, you know, we've never been blessed with one. If you're lonely, then why don't you get a woman up from the village to sit with you during the day and chat, and you can talk away together. I don't want a woman from the village, she said. I want a baby. I want my own baby, my own little bundle of joy, my own flesh and blood. I don't care if it's a boy or a girl. In fact, she said, looking out the window, I wouldn't even care if it was a strange, ugly thing, as ugly as that hedgehog that is eating in the garden there. Hmm. That was a foolish thing to say. You see, ears were listening that shouldn't have been. There was a fairy that was on her way back to the forest. And she had stopped by the window of the cottage, and she was listening. Now, she wasn't a good fairy. She was a bad fairy. And a wicked smile spread across her face, and she threw back her head, and she laughed. And, oh, it was a nasty, wicked, evil, cold laugh. Well, lady, she said, I'm going to make your wish come true. And away she went back to the forest where she lived. Now, the woodcutter's wife discovered that to her delight, she was pregnant. She was going to have a baby. Oh, this was marvellous news. Well, she was so happy, and they were making all the arrangements for the new arrival, and they were so pleased... And then the day came when the child was born. <clears throat> it was a wee boy. But, oh, what a strange-looking thing it was. 
He was all covered with brown hair, and down his back the hair was longer than all over him. It was the longest hair was down the back. And he didn't have a face like a normal baby. It pointed out to a sharp snout with a twitchy little nostrils on the end of it. And his legs and arms were very, very short too. He just looked for all the world like a hedgehog. And they called him the Hedgehorst. Now, the mother didn't care because the one thing that that little baby had was two of the most beautiful blue eyes that you had ever seen in your whole life. They were adorable. The rest of his features, though, were anything but. And the woodchopper was horrified by him. He was disgusted, repelled. He coiled back in horror when he saw the thing. He couldn't think of it as his son. He thought of it as a beast. And he called it a beast as well. This hurt his wife a great deal, who loved him more than anything else. She loved her hedgehurst. Now, the hedgehurst grew. And a year passed, and a second year passed, and a third year. And then the child was four years old, and oh, he was ugly. And then another year passed, he was five years old, and the older he got, the uglier he became. Well, the father would have nothing to do with him, avoided him whenever possible, and called him names, called him the beast. Oh, he didn't like it. Well, again, this hurt the poor woman, but she loved him. When the child was six years old, the mother said to him one day, Come here and, and have your tea. Bread and milk's all that it deserves, said the husband. Looking at his son, he said, Bread and milk's good enough for hedgehogs. Well, the child looked at him with sad eyes, but said nothing. But later that evening, he went over to his father and he said, Father, I want you to go down to the blacksmith shop tomorrow, and I want you to have made for me stirrups and a bridle, and I want you to go to the saddle maker, and I want you to get him to make me a saddle. And you can put all these bits together, but you have to make me a small saddle that would fit me. Why? Why do you want a saddle, he said. Because I'm going to ride my cockerel. Now, the man kept some animals. He had sheep and geese and hens. And there was a magnificent cockerel that was the hedgehorst's pet. And it had grown to an incredible size. It was about three foot high. It was a big beast. Magnificent looking. I am going to ride my cockerel, he said. Well, I guess the father felt a bit bad about what he'd said. So the next day he went down and he spoke to the saddle maker and he spoke to the blacksmith and he told them what they were need, what he was needing. 
They thought it was the strangest order that they'd ever had in their life. A small saddle that size. But they made it, and they made a beautiful job of it too. And so the father came home, and he gave the saddle to his son. And the saddle was put on the back of the cockerel, and the hedgehurst rode round and round and round the yard on the back of the cockerel. Oh, the mother laughed and clapped her hands. She thought her son made the most finest figure, figure that she'd ever seen in her life. She thought that he looked every inch like a nobleman, like a count, like a king himself. And she told him so, too. Well, the father wasn't quite so sure. But, anyway, after he'd finished riding round and round the yard on his cockerel, he said, Father, I want you to do something else for me. What? What do you want? he said. Well, I want you to give me sheep, three of your sheep, and I want three of your geese and three of your hens. But why do you want that? he asked. I mean, there's animals here, isn't that enough? No, but you see, I'm going away tomorrow. Going away, said his mother. You can't do that. Where are you going? I'm going to live in the forest, he said. I'm going to make a kingdom for myself, and I will keep the animals there. But you can't go into the forest, says his mother. It's full of wild animals. They would eat you. They'd tear you to pieces. No, no, not me, he said. No, I'll look after myself. Don't you worry. So, Father, are you going to give me those animals? Well, if that's what you want, said the father, and he had a sly thought to himself, because he thought, hmm, if he gets those animals, he's going to go away, and him going away would suit me fine. He wouldn't have to look at him again. So he agreed. And the hedgehurst selected the animals that he wanted, and they were the finest. He selected two fine ewes and a fine big ram. And then he selected the fine gander and two geese. And then he took three hens. And he already had his cockerel. So the next day his mother made him some food, and he put it on his back. And he hugged her, and he said goodbye, and he rode away on the cockerel. And his poor mother stood there with the tears in her eyes. And the time passed. Six months went by, and a year went by, and no word at all about their son. And she became sadder and sadder until she went to bed one day with a broken heart, and she never rose from the bed again. She died of sorrow. And the woodcutter, he got married again and moved away to another place. Well, nobody heard a thing about the hedgehurst for twenty years, until one day a king was lost in the forest. He'd been hunting, and he'd got separated from his party, 
and he didn't know where he was. Now eventually he came to a clearing in the forest, and there was a beautiful house. It was a magnificent, gorgeous house, all made of wood, and all the area around it had been cleared, and there was such flocks of animals there. There was a huge flock of beautiful sheep, and there were the finest, sleekest, fattest geese he'd ever seen in his life, and also lots and lots of chickens, lots of hens. Well, King was impressed, and he went over to the door, and there, standing outside the door, was the tallest cockerel he'd ever seen in his life. He'd grown even bigger since the day he'd left with the hedgehurst, and he was now a magnificent beast. Is there anyone in? shouted the king. There was no answer. Is there anyone in? he shouted again. Still no answer. Is there anyone in there? Yes, said a voice. What do you want? Well, he said, I am a king, and I've lost my way in this forest, and I can't find a way out. I wonder if you could help me. Maybe I can, maybe I can't, said the voice. You see, I'm a king too, so I don't recognize you as being a king, because I am the king of this little kingdom all by myself. Show yourself, man, said the king, getting a bit annoyed. And out through the door came the strangest-looking man he'd ever seen in his life. He was tall now, well over six foot tall, and on his back was covered with spines, with quills, hedgehog quills. All his chest and belly and all were all hairy as well, but it was a soft, finer hair, and his face was all pinched out into a long, sharp snout, and he had very short arms and legs. But still he was over six foot tall, even though. The king looked at him in disbelief and said, What sort of a creature are you? They call me the Hedgehurst, he said. I'm half man and half hedgehog, and this is my kingdom. But who lives here with you? I mean, who has done all this work? No one, he says. I've done it all myself. You've done all this work yourself, clearing this whole area and building this fine house. I have. Well, he said, I'm, I tip my, my crown to you, sir. You've done a magnificent job. Well, said the hedgehurst, never let it be said that I sent a man away from my door hungry. Come inside, and I'll give you something to eat. So they went inside, and there was a magnificent feast was prepared for him. There was milk and cheese from the sheep. There was also mutton and goose and chicken to eat as well and lots and lots and lots of vegetables. 
He had a wonderful garden about the park that he grew all his own vegetables. <clears throat> now the king ate, and they talked. And eventually the king said, Well, back to my problem now. I have been lost in this forest for three days. I can't find my way out. And I discover that all that is happening is I am going around and around and around in circles. Do you know the way out the forest? I do, he said. And I can show you. Would you do that? I will. I'll pay you well, said the king. I don't want your money, said the hedgehog. I don't want your money. I mean, what use is money to me here? No, no, no. I want something in payment for saving your life, though, for taking you out of this forest. Well, name it. If it's mine to give, then I will give it. I want the first thing that greets you when you go back to your castle. The first thing that meets you, I want it for myself. Now the king thought about this. And he thought, ha ha, it'll be the dog. The dog will be so pleased to see me because he hasn't seen me for days. He'll come running up all waggy-tailed and licking. Yes, he can have the dog. So he said, agreed. I will. Well, the next day, the hedgehurst took the king. And he led him out, and they walked, and they walked. For days they walked, until they came at last to a little track. And they followed it out, and the trees started to thin out as they went, until they ended up at the edge of the forest. And there, not far in front of them, was the castle. They could see it. Well, the king thanked the hedgehog, and he headed off, back down to the castle, a happy man, riding on his horse, while the hedgehurst turned his cockerel around and trotted back into the forest. Now when he arrived at the castle, his daughter, his pride and joy, the beautiful young princess, all strawberries and cream she was, and she ran over the bridge to meet her father, and she threw her arms around his neck and kissed him and said, Oh, Daddy, we were so worried about you. Yes, my little one, he said, I was in danger, but I am safe now, I am home. And then it dawned on him, the first thing that he met him on his return was not the dog, it was his daughter, the princess. It was his daughter that he would have to give to the hedgehurst. Well, he went inside and he told the queen this, and the queen was horrified. You can't do that, she said. Call the guards together. Have him shot or run through with a sword if he turns up. The impudence of the creature. No, I, I can't do that, said the king. I gave my word. I promised. And if a king starts breaking the laws and in his own land, then why should anyone else pay any attention to them? No. 
grieves me though it does, I will have to give my daughter to the hedgehorst. Well, the time passed, and after a year and a day, as the hedgehorst had agreed with him, a guard came running into the castle to where the king was and said, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, what's wrong with you, he says. Are we being invaded? Yes, Your Majesty, but not by an army. By what, then? There's a huge flock of sheep has just come out of the forest, and there's also lots and lots of of hens and geese. And at the head of them all is riding the most strange-looking man I've ever seen in my life, riding on a cockerel. The king's heart sank. He had indeed agreed that after a year and a day he would give the first thing that met him to the hedgehorst. So he went outside and he called his men together, And he said, men, take care of these animals and treat them very, very well. The hedgehorst dismounted from his cockerel and said, take my cockerel away and make sure that it receives everything that it needs. I give you my word, said the king, it will be royally looked after. And the cockerel was led away by its harness. And then the hedgehorst was invited into the castle to meet the queen and the princess. And so they sat there having a meal together, very, very somber meal. And the hedgehurst said, well, your majesty, you remember our agreement? You remember our deal? I do, he said. And the first thing that met you when you returned to your castle was my daughter, the princess here was the first to meet me. I know, said the hedgehurst. I knew the moment it happened. So I claim the princess as my own. So a wedding was arranged, and the invites went through the land, and everyone gathered, and it was a huge affair. And everyone was eating and drinking and dancing and laughing, except the princess and the king and the queen, of course. The hedgehurst had no time at all for all these parties. He was outside, wandering around the grounds, looking at the castle and admiring it, going from room to room and admiring all the beautiful things that was inside. And also he was tending to his animals as well. He cared for those animals just like a father cares for his child. Well, the first night came, and the poor princess was shaking with fear. And the two of them went upstairs to the bedroom. Now, there was a big fireplace in the bedroom. And in it was piled a huge pile of logs, and they were blazing away merrily. It threw heat and light out into the room. Now, the hedgehurst turned to the princess and said, "Mm, You'd better go to bed. So, very, very nervously, 
She got undressed and put on her nightgown and she got into the bed and she lay there shaking with fear. But the hedgehog just smiled and said, Look, you have nothing to fear from me. I mean you no harm. And she lay down in the bed and she was still shaking with fear. But the hedgehog didn't come to bed with her. He lay in front of the fire and he curled up into a ball just like a hedgehog and went to sleep. Now the princess dozed off but she was woken around midnight by something, some moving from the fireplace and she looked over and there was the hedgehog and he had got up and then he cast off his hedgehog skin. The coat of quills fell to the floor, and in front of the fire, she couldn't see him, it was too dark, but she saw the silhouette of a man. And he went over to where there was a pile of clothes laid out. He had taken some of the king's clothes, and he dressed himself. And then he slipped quietly down, out the door and down the stairs. And the princess got out of bed and she watched him from the window. It was nearly a full moon, so it was quite bright. And she saw him going down the steps. And then she saw him walking among his animals, taking care of them. Well, this was amazing. And the girl went back to bed and she fell asleep. And in the morning... The hedgehog was curled up by the front of the fire, just as she'd seen him the night before, back to being an animal again. Now, another day passed pleasantly enough. There were still celebrations going on, still dancing, partying. And that night when they went up to bed, again he told her to get into bed, and she was still shaken with fear, but he curled up in front of the fire, and the two of them slept. And then again she was woken at midnight by the sounds of him getting up and taking off his coat of quills and becoming a man, and dressing and going down and tending to his animals. And a third night the same thing happened too. Now, she told her mother about it after that. And her mother said, don't tell the king. We must get advice on this. And we must seek it from a wise woman the hen wife. Now the hen wife kept the chickens that provided the royal kitchens with eggs. And she was also a wise woman, a witch, some people would call her, but a good one. And so the queen and the princess went down there and the old hen wife greeted them and welcomed them in. <clears throat> now she'd known the princess since she was a baby. And she loved her very much. So what brings you to my humble home, she said. Well, we have a problem. I thought you'd just married, she said. That's, and you've got a husband. Don't you want to be at home with your husband now? My husband is the problem, said the princess. And she told her all about the hedgehog. Ah, I see, said the wise woman, the old hen wife. 
I've heard of these hedgehogs, I've never seen one. But I'll tell you what you must do. And so she told her. And they went away, and that night they went upstairs. Now, she knew from what the henwife had told her that her husband was under an enchantment. And she knew how to break the spell now. So when she went to bed that night, she was shaking with excitement, not with fear. And again, the hedgehog curled up into a ball in front of the fire and went to sleep. And then... When he got up, he cast off his coat of quills, and he dressed, and he went down the stairs. Now the henwife had told her that she must burn his coat of quills. It must be burnt up every bit of it. And so the princess threw it onto the fire and burnt it, and she piled wood over it as well till it blazed away. She poked it with a poker until there was nothing left. And the henwife had also given her a pitcher, a magic pitcher, which she had filled with ice-cold, crystal-clear water from the well. And that the princess had hidden under her bed. And then she waited behind the door with the pitcher in her hand. And she could hear the footsteps of her husband coming up the stairs, but they stopped at the top, and there was a long pause. It seemed as though he knew that something was happening, something was wrong. But then the door opened and he came in, and she threw the pitcher of water over him, and he let out a scream, and then he stood before her, the most handsome young man she had ever seen in her whole life, with long golden hair and those lovely twinkling blue eyes. Yeah, gone were the short arms and legs and the quills and the long-pointed snout. Now he was a beautiful, handsome young man, and he embraced the princess, and he said, Oh, darling, thank you. You have broken the enchantment that has lain on me since I was a child, before I was born even. You have broken the spell. Now the next morning, imagine the king and queen's surprise when the princess came down with the most handsomest young man they had ever seen in her life and introduced him to them as her husband. Well, they ate and they drank and they laughed and they had a lovely time. And then in the afternoon, the young man said, now I must be returning home to my kingdom, too. Before you go, may I ask a favor, said the king. Certainly. What would you like? Would you give me some of your fine animals, some of your sheep and your geese and your hens, and in return I will give you servants, and I will give you troops as well, soldiers, who will guard your kingdom and who will serve you? the man who had formerly been the hedgehorst, agreed to this. And so he selected some of the finest animals and geese and hens for the king, and then he set out with a little troop of servants and soldiers back to his own kingdom with his beautiful princess with him. And he lived there with her and all her animals 
for the rest of their days.